Jennifer Yepes Blundell, and welcome to the Startup CPG Podcast. If you're new around here, we're a community dedicated to helping young CPG brands succeed. We do this a few ways, like giving access to phenomenal resources, like our guest today, Mary Allen, who has expertise in taking brands global. She not only advises brands in this space, but she's done it herself. She has taken her brand, Savvy Green, a line of eco-clean detergent products internationally. Listen in as Mary dives into what brands and products should be thinking about expanding internationally and resources to help you on the journey. Well, hi, Mary. How are you? Great. Hey, Jennifer. How's it going? Pretty good. So at Startup CPG, you are the go-to for global business development knowledge and resources. So I wanted to capture your knowledge for our community, you know, help them perhaps expand their horizons or actually consider having a global footprint for their brand, which can seem daunting to some. Definitely, but shouldn't be. Um, But before we dive in, I wanted to acknowledge that this business is in your blood and you come from a family of grocers and have been eyeing merchandise really since you were a kid. That's true. Yeah, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. My dad owned the local grocery stores, so I grew up around food and entrepreneurship. After college, a Florida department store hired me as a buyer. Two months later, I I was in New York City buying women's jewelry and sleepwear. I moved on to a larger department store chain, buying and eventually a VP of merchandising for housewares and consumer goods with extensive travel to Asia, sourcing and developing items for the chain. Things like palm trees on plates and flamingos on glasses. Anyway, millions of dollars in sales and thousands of container loads later, I was ready for a change. Did you say so you went back into to the natural food product area, right? Yes. I, a friend of mine created an eco-friendly laundry detergent powder. So we launched our own CPG brand called Savvy Green, and we're currently selling that in the U.S. and internationally. So I sort of got back into um, the grocery business that way. You led the charge, right, for Savvy Green to go global? I did. We, we started by actually finding this trade event in London. It was a natural and organic product show, and I'll come back to that. But um, after meeting our U.S. commercial service rep and the Small Business Development Center, we found that we had an opportunity with our particular type of product because it was a laundry detergent powder. The European market was really open to that type of product. So we went on to do a trade event in London and found sources and customers that way. Yeah, and we can touch on that too, because you do right now, what you do is you're working with natural product companies to market new and existing brands. And you also source for those natural and organic product shows in Europe and you know London and Madrid. How did you get involved in that space? Well, I found that from my retail and my own brand expertise that I could help other startups and brands with their with all aspects of their business. And one of my clients um, happens to be Diversified Communications UK, who actually hired me as a sales agent. They manage the natural and organic product shows in London, Madrid, and Malmo. So I am trying to find and sign U.S. exhibitors for their trade events. So I've met so many great food and beverage, health and wellness brands because of the shows. Are there any particular products that do really well in global market? Well, right now, uh, I have to say that anything plant-based, especially with good ingredients, are like in the U.S. are doing really well, and they're always looking for more vegan 
type products, um, functional beverages, upcycled products are really important right now, and anything to do with health and well-being. One of the big things that I found is sustainable type manufacturing and transparency has really been important in these international trade shows, especially in the natural and organic products area. They want to know, you know, what are the ingredients? Where is the brand sourcing from? They want to know the founders. So it's sort of fun for me because I get to meet so many founders. Is the U.S. leading the market in those plant-based sustainable products? I would say I've seen a huge market in the UK right now. They are neck and neck with us in plant-based, but of course the US market with um, the Beyond Meats, the Impossible Foods brands, they're really driving a lot of the growth. Um, Oatly, which I don't know if you heard that, they're offering their initial IPO. They're a Swedish brand. So so plant-based is just huge in all around the world, but of course the U.S. is very entrepreneurial, and I'm, I've met through Startup CPG so many new brands. In fact, so many of the Startup CPG brands that I've met, I think would do really well internationally. Ooh, I hope these founders are listening. Okay, so let's start there. And I know too, because you, you've been involved in the Startup CPG community, and you've had your eye on a few categories that you're thinking, oh, they have an opportunity here to, to expand. Exactly right, Jennifer. I get very excited when I see some of the brands and some of the innovations and some of the founder stories. I loved some of the things like plant-based quesos and some of the upcycled products and mixes that are out there. Cocktail, anything to do with cocktail, low sugar, um, low fat snacks are just a wonderful opportunity. All the gluten-free items and vegan, easy to mix products and baked goods, just things that are easy, that are well packaged and have a really meaningful sustainable story are things that really excite me. So I have a brand, right? What? Do, where do I start? Do I just call you to have you help me? Or is it possible to do this on my own, right? Going, taking your product and say, going to the UK? Well, I do help brands. That is one of the things I do with import and export. But um, you can do it yourself. Uh, the U.S. Commercial Service and the USDA have offices all over the country. And they're also small business development centers in many large communities, and they assist brands who are interested in export. They do things like business and marketing plans. They'll help find the countries to focus on. They do matchmaking. They do due diligence. They help your e-commerce site with digital readiness assessments. And there's also trade grants that might be available at your local, state, regional, and federal levels. That's good. That's helpful to know, right? Because I'm assuming these costs could be pretty astronomical for taking a CPG, you know, emerging CPG product or brand global. So the fact that there's grants available, I wouldn't even have realized that. Yeah, it's really great. Some of the some of the grants that you can find are not very are very cost effective and they will do matchmaking. So the grants can help you with matchmaking. They can offer business and market plans for your growth as well as there are even grants available for the trade show, the actual trade show exhibit space, which um, I actually was able to take advantage from for Savvy Green. So, you know, I learned firsthand some of these grants that are available. So that's one of the other things that 
kind of helped me because Savvy Green took advantage of grants for trade shows and matchmaking and even some of the business planning. You operate in these spaces of exhibit space, you know, participating in shows. Is there anything that a founder should look for when they're starting to research which shows to participate in? It's great to look at the uh, trade events. If you're food and beverage and you're um, a natural or organic, so many now in, in Europe and the UK, they they look for non-GMO. So non-GMO is a very important factor. Gluten-free, there's free from shows. But if you're a food and beverage manufacturer or founder interested in international trade events, there are several in the UK and the EU to look at, as well as in Asia. So you just have to determine perhaps who your competition is. But again, also your U.S. commercial service can help support your research on the trade events. You know, we haven't done any in-person events in a while. They are going to come back where, you know, where we're going to meet in person. And, you know, things like Fancy Food and Expo East and West, but the international trade events, you know, will start coming back at the end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022. So there will be an opportunity to explore for some of these international trade events. And there's also virtual opportunities that could be available for brands. So when our brand founders are doing research, is there any retailers or chains they should keep in mind? There's some fabulous retailers in the UK. Um, White Rose, Marks and Spencer, Tesco, Sainsbury. Costco and Whole Foods UK, Planet Organic, Okada um, is the e-commerce, big e-commerce site, Boots, Holland and Barrett, and Nisa. And you'll find at some of these natural and organic product events, especially the one in London, just like you might find at Expo East and West, they'll do pitch events. So brands have the opportunity to um, pitch to some of these stores if they're selected. Do you advise some of your clients and brands that you work with to have separate websites for different countries? So if you're, a, for instance, a U.S. brand like, um, like my own brand, you know, we sell domestically in the U.S., but we, we don't sell from our site internationally. But you can go through other platforms like say an amazon.com that you can begin to offer your products internationally. So we we offer our products in Canada and Mexico on Amazon, but Amazon has a, an opportunity for the EU, for the UK, for Singapore, for Asia. So there are other ways to sell your products internationally. You wouldn't want to set up a separate website to sell internationally. And that's one of the things that the U.S. Commercial Service will help support with. They'll take a look at your e-commerce and do this digital readiness assessment program. So they will look at your site and how you're prepared to sell globally, which is an invaluable service to take advantage of. Is there like a litmus test that brand founders can give themselves or their products to see even if there's going to be an interest globally? Or is that just coming through those consumer insights? It's coming through consumer insights, but um, again, through the small business development centers and the U.S. Commercial Service and USDA, they they help support brands by doing this due diligence and putting together these business plans. They'll go so far as to even help determine which countries your opportunities could be found in. So it's it's really wonderful to take advantage of these services, which so many companies don't even know is available. 
So Mary, have you personally worked with or just know of some brands who've gone global and done really, really well? Personally, I can say that I have signed um, a few brands for the Natural and Organic Product Show in London that have and are doing well, such as GT's Living Foods. And I know Miyoko's non-dairy brand is selling internationally. Um, you can look at companies like Bakery on Main and of course, all the big companies that you would expect are selling internationally. I would say that even smaller companies that I've worked with in the supplement category, like Now Foods and Yerba Prima, they're selling internationally. There are some beauty brands that I've worked with that are selling internationally. The assortment of companies that are available on an international basis is growing because of this U.S. support that we're getting. Am I setting up a whole new manufacturing site, you know, in in country or am I just shipping product? It's definitely an opportunity if you have the funding to set up warehousing and third, third party contractors in country. But I know brands that just continue to export directly from their warehouses here in the U.S. So it's not mandatory and it is a very expensive venture. In some cases, it's, it's as easy for me to ship my Savvy Green on a pallet internationally as it is to ship it across country. So, you know, if you have a good freight forwarder, um, you, you can actually do just as well from your, from your warehouse here in the States. What are some of those watchouts that you give to the founders that perhaps you've seen them having to learn the hard way over and over again? I always like to think going small, just testing the waters, doing your due diligence. I know from my own experience with my package and with partners that it's good to start your team first, get someone like myself or people that have exported to be on your team and to help guide you and be sure that you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's because, you know, there's so many things you really need to know your product because, you know, in some countries you may need a license. There's just different things by country that your team members can help you, support you with. Is there a certain time frame when a founder should think about going global? And, and personally with your business, you know, Savvy Green, did you do that right away or were you operating for a few years before you expanded? You know, I, I don't know that there's any set timeline for going global and selling internationally because it's just a matter of the right time and the right place. You know, we just happened to, we were exhibiting in Expo East and Expo West, and we met customers who were based overseas and they were interested in our product. So we worked with our freight forwarder and with our warehouse and the commercial service, and we were able to export internationally, you know, kind of right out of the box. It, it wasn't a long-term plan to ship internationally. It just happened by meeting the right person at the show. Mary, your Slack DMs in, within the Startup CPG community are going to explode because of this episode. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, can I go global? Can I do it? <laughs> well, I can just say that if 
before you go global, you really need to work with your team and the U.S. Commercial Service and your local and state organizations. For example, in Florida, we have Enterprise Florida. They offer trade grants and assistance to brands that want to export. States and the U.S. want brands to export. We're looking to send our products overseas. So there is this support. And it's great to have a mentor. I'm a member of the District Export Council here in Florida. I'm a member of the Women in International Trade Organization and now a member in Startup CPG. So it just, you know, it's a way to help and support brands as they build their business. And the other thing that I really want to say, Jennifer, is I love being around like-minded food and CPG entrepreneurs like myself. It's been so much fun to be a part of Startup CPG and meet the founders and meet, you know, how authentic everyone is and how they're sourcing their ingredients and their products. So I, you know, I, I really am looking to share my expertise with some of those brands. Thanks for joining us to connect with talented partners like Mary and thousands of other brands. Join us on the Startup CPG Slack channel. Get the invite at startupcpg.com. Startup CPG podcast is executive produced by me, Jennifer Yepes Blundell, theme music by the Super Fantastics. Remember to leave a review, subscribe, or follow us wherever you're listening. See you next time.